listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast, serving the latest news in sci-fi multimedia. And now your hosts, Scott and Miles. Your table is ready. It's long and This is the capital. We have a little problem with our entry sequence, so we may experience some slight turbulence and then explode. I got a bad feeling about this. Walter, put the cow away, would you? What is this place? It's a freak show. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. This is episode 72 of our listener feedback show. Uh, Sci-Fi Diner Conversations, I guess, we, I guess we've called it, Miles, right? Right, our first one for the new year. It is our first one, and I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. And good evening, I am Miles P. McLaughlin. And it is so good to be back here in the new year. It's been four weeks since we recorded. It's been too long, man. It's been too long. We've had a, we've had a lot of episodes that have dropped between then, only because we've pre-recorded stuff and had stuff that was kind of in the queue for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we are back tonight talking about all sorts of sci-fi goodness, Lots of comments from you guys about what you're watching, some of your thoughts about what we've been saying. So we're great to have you. It's great to have you on board. Uh, we have a lot of goodness cooked up. Yeah, it's a, and it'll be time to catch up on uh, some of the shows that are coming back. Yeah, yeah, and uh, not a lot of shows back yet. No, we got to wait a little while. Yet. Yeah, well, Fringe this week and mm-hmm. uh, Big Bang this week. Uh, looking forward to continuum premieres next week on a Sci-Fi Channel. It does. It does. That means I should be able to download it. Uh, yeah. On iTunes, I would think, right? You would, you would think, think it would be available, right? They're making it available, you know, to us in the states, so I don't see why they shouldn't. Yeah, good. Well, I'm glad you know that. See, for some reason, I didn't keep up with that. So, so yeah, so, loop. I've wanted to see the show for a long time, and yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. But so, so how, how you been, Miles? It's been forever. Yeah, it has. Uh, I, we had a nice Christmas. Uh, I got some really cool sci-fi gifts. Right, right. So, how was Santa? So, tell me about Santa's goodness to you. Uh, Santa was Santa was good to me. I did get the um, inflatable Star Trek captain's chair. I have yet to inflate it because I need something to inflate it with. Um, I may be accused of a windbag, but uh, being a windbag, but I'm not going to try to blow that up myself. I'll, right, right. I right. have to find either buy some kind of pump or try to take it to the gas station or something. But and pump it up. Yeah, and pump it up. Can you imagine pumping that up? Pumping that up out of sheets. You know, that's something that needs to be recorded on video. <laughs> it does. It and does. maybe put on YouTube. And then you need to sit on it, like mm-hmm. right between the gas pumps. There you go. There. <laughs> um, the ideas are starting to float around. It is, it is. This episode, by the way, tonight comes courtesy of Martin R. Wojak. Wojak, I think I'm pronouncing your last name right, so excuse me if I'm not, but thank you so much for helping sponsor the show. If you're interested in doing that, you can visit the SciFiDinerPodcast.com <laughs> and find out more about that there, but... Appreciate you, Martin, for doing that and, and helping us stay alive. Yes, thank you for your help. Yeah, yeah, so appreciate that. Uh, so so Captain's Chair you got, hmm? uh, you got what else for Christmas? Um, my wife got me a um, a Sheldon bobblehead. Right. And so that, that, that was pretty cool. And that was, a, from what I understand, a very hard-to-come-by item. The other characters available but in the stores, but uh, Sheldon and his... You, you have to, you know, buy it online or something. So that was that was really cool. Uh, I got this really cool Star Trek uh, trivia book, which look forward to testing your trivia sometime. Ooh, maybe, maybe we can do it at the end of the show here tonight. We should we should do that. We should do a live round of trivia, and you can see how I suck <laughs> at Star Trek. <laughs> and so um, I got the new uh, 
uh, Dark Knight Rises uh, movie on DVD. So looking forward to rewatching that sometime. Yeah, it was. Um, by the way, I watched it for the first time just a few days ago. It was phenomenal. Yeah, it was phenomenal. So, so look forward to watching it again. Um, and um, let's see, I, I got some gift cards, so I was able to take advantage of that. Um, my sister got me some Star Trek glasses, some collectible glasses, which, were, which was really cool. And it looks like you and I both got a copy of this great, um, this children's book, um, this great father and son story, which uh, you're going to, you know, share with our audience. Well, this is not really, it's not really a kid's book per se. Like you have to have watched, in order to really, my son's reading this and he doesn't understand half of them because we haven't watched Star Wars yet together. Right. But you have, so you have to almost watch that to get it. But this Star Wars, Darth Vader and Sons by Jeffrey Brown. If you are a geek and a parent, even, yeah. if, even if you're not, you will appreciate the humor that he's created. This is licensed by Lucas. And you will appreciate the humor, the humor that, that, he's, that he's done. Oh, it, 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 you, know, even for, you can read it to your child, but at the same time, as an adult, you can enjoy the humor in it. Yeah. I mean, you have to be a Star Wars fan to, right. to appreciate it, but yeah, it's... So basically, this follows, just to give you a premise for it, it follows Anakin Skywalker as Darth Vader, mm-hmm. and he has a son, Luke. And so it's his father taking his son around and doing different things with his son. Totally not in the storyline of Star Wars, but funny nonetheless, especially because it's Darth Vader and it's Luke, right? Right. Right, right. And so at the one point, they're in the store, right? This isn't the funniest one. I just opened to it. And he's, and he's looking at the toy store and he goes, this isn't the toy you're looking for. And there's Luke pointing at Jar Jar. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> You know, kind of making fun, fun of that. So uh, just another page. And I know this it is like terrible trying to read a comic book over a podcast. But right. Just to, but just to give you a feel for some of the humor in it, you know, there's there's like four-year-old Luke being drugged around by, you know, what, you know, 30-year-old, uh, you know, Anakin, you know, mm-hmm. Darth Vader says, but dad, Luke's saying, but dad, you said we could go to Tahi Station after a nap. And Darth Vader says, I'm altering the deal. Pray <laughs> I don't alter it any farther. You know, there's just there's these references that if you're a Star Wars fan, you, you love it, right? Right. Um, the one I picked out was um, there's a scene in Empire Strikes Back where Darth Vader is sort of having this little conference with these bounty the bounty hunters, yeah, right. And um, but in the book, you know, same, same situation, but but Luke uh, has a, a temper tantrum and yeah, he's like, what? Darth and, Vader's like, shh. And uh, you know, <laughs> these these uh, bounty hunters are embarrassed for Vader and. Uh, <laughs> You know, one of them's thinking so awkward. You know, it's just, it's just, there's just a lot of good humor. You've got, you you can, uh, there's just a lot of good stuff. There's no other way that we can, uh, you know, he's playing uh, hide and seek and Mm -hmm. I can sense you in the forest. You know, type of stuff. There's this good humor. If you haven't done so, you got to run and pick up this book, Darth Vader and Son. Darth Vader and Son by Jeffrey Brown, <coughs> mm-hmm. plugged here in the Sci-Fi Diner. A great after Christmas gift if you haven't gotten it already. If you have, let mm-hmm. us know what you think. Whoops, sorry, I'm hitting my mic. I'm so excited about this book. So, was that basically the gifts that you got? Basically, um, I got a few other things. Um, uh, my wife also got me a Big Bang Theory T-shirt. Uh, the if you're a Big Bang Theory fan like I am, you'll get it uh, as knock knock a penny, knock knock a penny, knock knock a penny. <laughs> right, right. On the shirt, if you you know. So, um, so yeah, that, that that was basically the gist of what I got. Yeah. Yeah, I got a dog. You got a dog? Got, yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, she barked at me yeah, when I came yeah, in. Yeah, man. No, nothing cyber fiber related. I got a dog and I got a running watch. Mm-hmm. So that not any old watch. This is like a 
Garmin Forerunner 610. No, it's just a, it's like the mega superstar watches if you're a runner. Okay. So, mm-hmm. so I have something that means that my di- iPhone won't die on me in the middle of a marathon anymore. So Interesting. Which happened. True story. Oh, that's, oh, that's true too story. bad. True story. Uh, the big marathon. Well, some of these marathons are a couple hours. and Yeah, yeah. Well, and especially when I'm running another couple hours. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm no Kenyan, that's for sure. Right. So, um, well, uh, and, and rumor has it over our, hi- our hiatus, you were not idle. You uh, apparently were moonlighting as someone in Geek Fights. Yeah, I got approached to guest host with, uh, with Geek Fights to talk about basically who is the best uh, character on D Space Nine. And we... If you listen to Geek Fights, you know they kind of almost like a tournament style thing, and then um, and then they just keep advancing till, till till we pick a winner. And it took us three hours because there's a lot of characters in Deep Space Nine, and there's actually some characters you would you think we got them all, but um, there's actually some that so it was all the major Sorry. characters and a lot of the um, the secondary characters. But if you know Deep Space Nine, the secondary characters shine just as bright, if sometimes not even brighter than the uh, primary characters did. So. Right, right. So three hours of podcasting, man. Oh, my gosh, yeah. We, <laughs> did, we did take a break for ourselves, but uh, we went back at it. And um, so, yeah, that that's up now if you want to hear, hear it. So Geek Fights. And so who was your character choice, your top character? Well, we all submitted – we all picked different characters um, – I'm trying to remember all the ones I picked because a lot of them picked the ones I would have picked. Uh, but I had picked, um, as far as interesting characters, um, Luther Sloan, uh, Mirror Universe Kira, Mirror Universe O'Brien, the female changeling, and there was somebody else I, I, I don't recall. But um, but what was great about the podcast was just talking about how great these characters were, what, what they did for the show, um, and um, just chance to geek out about now i will warn you listeners if if you never listen to geek fights um uh, we are the sci-fi po- diner podcast we try to keep things pg around here but at geek fights it, the language can get a little adult so if that's not your thing you may want to um skip this one um but uh if that doesn't bother you so much um you know you, you, you probably might enjoy this podcast you, you definitely gotta listen to it because you get to hear miles get all adult that's not true. <laughs> not, that, that's one thing you won't have to worry about. <laughs> um, right. So, um, but but just 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 letting you know that. Uh, but Damon Shaw, he he's one of the hosts. Uh, he he has a huge geek cred. He used to work at the Star Trek Experience as a Borg. Okay. And um, um, and so he has. I've heard him on other podcasts. Just some of the stories he has, and he's met many of the characters from the Star Trek shows. And so. Um, so he, he and uh, Mike Ortiz are the uh, co-hosts of uh, Geek awesome. Fights. Yeah. Awesome. Very good. Mm-hmm. Very good. Well, I got one other thing to share. This wasn't really a Christmas gift. It was like a post-Christmas gift. Oh, and this, this came courtesy of John Miro. Oh, yeah? John Miro has the first book of the Enemy Lines. Oh, sweet. Series. Now, we talked about talked to him about this. It's been a year of labor of love for John. Right. Putting this out in book form. And so Subversion is the name of the first book. Enemy Lines podcast you can get online for free, but this is edited, refined, and made all sorts of pretty with some nice cover art by John Miro and its version by Enemy Lines. I haven't cracked open, but my name is on the front cover. But it's some really good stuff, some really good artwork, and, and well worth check, checking out. Well, that, so. that's great that he that, that book is now in print. Yeah, so Amazon and probably everywhere good books are sold, you can mm-hmm. probably pick this up. And uh, I, haven't, I actually haven't checked with John yet, so maybe that's not even true. But I have a copy of it sitting here, so it's going to be out soon if it's not. Right. So you definitely want to check it out. So that was the other thing that came <coughs> to me in the mm-hmm. mail this week. So Very cool. 
Yeah. Well, why don't we get into our listener feedback show? We've been talking about some other stuff. Let's get into the listener portion of this. All right. Well, let's start with a voicemail from J.P. Harvey from Las Vegas. Right. He uh, um, he guest hosted on our um, Sci-Fi Rewind for uh, Logan's Run. Right, right. We have to get him back on. We have Arrowwood coming out on with Wayne Henderson oh, February good. 5th. February 5th. It's a Blade Runner Rewind. Don't forget that. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, so it's going to be good. And talk about someone who is a Philip K. Dick fan. It is Wayne Henderson. And talking about someone who's going to do his research and homework, it's going to be Jim Arrowwood. So absolutely. But this is um, this is this is from JP. JP Harvey called in to give us his thoughts on our Christmas episode. And so let's let's play and hear what he had to say regarding Christmas episode. And thank you again, JP, for calling in. Hey guys. JP from Las Vegas calling in. Hey, I'm, uh, I just finished the Christmas episode. Awesome, as always. Um, caught the comment that uh, TNG is not available for streaming on Netflix. Uh, we're going through the first season right now. Uh, it is available, uh, so I'm not sure if they put it back up or, uh, or if that was bad data. But anyway, I wanted to let you and the listeners know you can, in fact, stream TNG, at least season one, uh, on Netflix right now. Thanks, guys. Awesome podcast. Ciao. All right. So, um, what do you think? Bad data or? Uh, I mean, have, I, yeah, I don't. You know, that's I, I, that's worth checking to see what Netflix is doing. Um, yeah, that, that's good, good. Good question. Yeah, you know, and I don't. I don't know. I didn't check prior to us talking about that. I think what John Fraze kind of said, it's not available. And mm-hmm. and I think it, it, it made sense when they're releasing it in Blu-ray that they may not have it streaming on Netflix at the same time. But he's watching season one, so somehow they're getting it. So it must be on, and we just uh, got our wires crossed somewhere. Yeah, I may have to check on when I go home and check Roku and see what... Uh what Netflix is, is offering as far as TNG goes. Right. And, and w- what I'd heard was they had assigned a two-year deal to have all mm-hmm. Star Trek available, right? Right. So, and I imagine that's probably going to continue unless something happens. Yeah, it's, I, w- I would think as long as Netflix and Paramount can work out a deal. Right. You would think that it would continue. So, right. JP, I really appreciate you letting us know. Yes, that, thank you. That it, and correcting us because, you know, we don't get everything 100% right. And if listeners want to enjoy TNG, the, uh, it, still? It's still available. Mm-hmm. We watched part of a TNG episode in my class today. Oh, cool. Yeah, we were talking about cause and effect. And the one the one episode with Picard, I think it's called The Time Traveler. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Is, that the, is that the episode title? I don't even know. But it's the one where the time traveler quote-unquote, mm-hmm. comes aboard the Enterprise, and he's really a thief. He's stealing stuff. Right. But Picard has this deep discussion about if he knew what the future is, he could save more lives. Mm-hmm. And it's this quandary that if he does nothing, hundreds of, uh, I guess tens of thousands of people die. But if he does something, potential is for millions to die. Right. But so what does, you know, which is, which is it? <laughs> you know, and it's a, it's a big quandary. And, and his time travel, of course, doesn't really want to tell him. But well, yeah, that, I remember that episode. the uh, The actor who played the uh, character was uh, the same actor who played um, Max Headroom. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, and he it was good, well acted mm-hmm. episode, and uh, it was just we we 
we're studying cause and effect in my English class, and so I, I just think it's great. You can use Star Trek as a teaching aid. I, I, I do whatever I can to get Star Trek into the classroom. Well, you just need to know that. I'm sure your students appreciate. It. <laughs> well, some of them do. Sorry. Actually, my AP students, I'm a, they, they're all geeks. So they probably do appreciate it. Oh, that's cool. so. I discovered that one of my one of my girls is is, is fascinated with Vampire Diaries. Okay, you know, so she's into the kind of that that sort of thing. And there's a bunch of Doctor Who fans and. One one of my girls is in love with Tony Stark, and you know, so you, I mean, you name it. So I have so I have some pretty big geeks. Not all of them, but some pretty big geeks. There. That that is cool. Yeah. So um, we got an email in from JD. Do you want to? Sure. JD is uh, one of the co-hosts of the Delta Quadrant, and uh, I've I've had the opportunity to, to guest host with him. So this is what JD has to say. Howdy, Scott Miles. I meant to send this in last week, but forgot it and got saved as a draft. But it's okay because now I have a lot more to say now. The geek world is a rockin' suddenly. The Hobbit Unexpected Journey was two and a half hours of cinematic bliss. It was pure joy to watch. There was nothing about that wasn't awesome. Only complaint I have is that ended. Now I have a long way for the desolation of smog next December. And he's sad about that. I've never read any of the Tolkien books. I'm a drooling Middle-earth fanboy solely due to the extended versions of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I was 12 kinds of excited for The Hobbit, and it surpassed my expectations. Revolutions is off till March. Now I won't be getting back to watching it. Just ensure I will forget all about it. I deleted it off my DVR schedule list. The show moves as fast as a refrigerated butterscotch. I watched the last three episodes out of a habit with no enjoyment. Early on, the only characters I liked were Miles, Aaron, and Captain Neville. After ten episodes, the only characters I would, could tolerate were Miles and, and Major Neville. The actress playing Charlotte is atrociously nerve-wracking and, and horrible. The actor playing her brother Danny is a whiny simp on the level of Luke in episode uh, four. All these side characters are a waste, and all the other... One and done characters are cookie cutter cliches. Good rinse the world of modern and medieval stupidity. On, on the other hand, I, I'm pissed we have to wait until uh, March for Grimm to come back from a, his long mid season break. And the breakneck, uh, intense final episode of uh, 2012, we were left wanting more. So we rewatched it. Then two weeks later, I read about the March return and I wanted to cry. Well played, Green Walton Carpenter. Well played indeed. The bastards. <laughs> hey, how about those Star Trek Into Darkness trailers? They were quite a sight. I can't wait. I have no doubt it'll be every bit as great as Trek 09 was. Miles might remember that, that I graded a 6.5 out of 5 stars when he was the last on the Delta Quadrant. Needless to say, I'm quite ready for May 17th. As for your survey from a few weeks ago, I love Ewoks. I did when I was a kid when I was a target audience. And I do now that I'm a grown-ass responsible adult with my own kids and inner child. Um... That burns bright. The days of my collecting the, the three three and a quarter Star Trek figures are way pe- past, but I still do buy every new Ewok Hasbro release. Yeah, I know it's still popular to hate the teddy bears from from Jay, but how could anyone hate those cuddly scavengers that slaughtered the, the stormtroopers in mass? Miles is scheduled a guest for the Voyager episode of Coda in January. I wonder if Scott might want to join the podcast too. Okay, well let's let's work through this backwards a little bit, right? And. Um, uh, <laughs> I would love to join you, and that's this Sunday, I believe. And I don't know if I will join you. Um, I got to kind of see how my schedule goes. Mm-hmm. I'm still. Uh, a lot of you are aware that my uh, father passed away uh, right prior. Actually, we recorded an episode, and two days later, my father was gone. Surprised. It was a shock thing. So, um, I've been spending a lot of my evenings just kind of sitting with my mom, and you know, helping her not feel alone at night. Because, I mean, living with someone for 43 years and having him just snatched out of your life is leaves a huge hole. Oh, my gosh, yeah. You know, I can't... I mean, I've been married for 17 years, and I can't imagine 
having Chris gone, you know? Can you imagine if Katie was just like out of your life? Yeah, yeah I, I, I there, couldn't. There's there, 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 there a hole there. So, I, I, so I, JD, I, I, thanks for the invitation. If I can't take you up on this time, please invite me again sometime because I would love to do it. It just may not be this time. <coughs> mm-hmm. um, <coughs> so he is an Ewoks fan, huh? So, yeah, he's not an Ewok hater, which is cool. Yeah, that is cool. It's, um, I'm glad to see that there's some Ewok lovers in there. For me, I've never been a real hater. Even Jar Jar has its redemptiveness sometimes. Sometimes you you quit, quit looking at me that way, Miles. I'm, I'm just curious. So, what, what times they'll be? <laughs> right, right, right. Okay. Well, primarily when he's shot. No, I'm just kidding. No, but you know, I'm thinking that the Ewoks—they they are they, they're redemptive for kids. Is what they are. You know, the Ewoks. I mean, I was a young teenager when when Jedi came out, and I, I didn't hate them. Um, yeah, I just uh, they, they didn't bother me, and that there was humorous moments with them, and. Uh, they, 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 they were tough little furballs. I mean, um, the scenes with them taking out the stormtroopers, I don't know. I just, I bought it. I mean, maybe it's, I don't know if it, you know, it goes beyond, you know, belief, but, uh. You know, the whole logs they had that they rigged up to kind of crush the chicken walkers, right? Right, right, right. I mean, come on. I mean, they, they they had an essential role to play in taking down the empire. Right, exactly. I I mean, um, would they have, you know. Could they have done it themselves without the Rebel Alliance? But then the Rebel Alliance need to be rescued by the Ewoks. So then they again, the, the Gungans did too. Yeah, the, Gung- the Gungans were instrumental helping the... Um, so is your beef with Gungans or just with Jar Jar? Oh, it's with Jar Jar. Definitely Jar Jar. <laughs> I mean, uh, the other Gungans seemed okay. It's just... Uh, I mean, you have to understand, the Gungans, um, they excommunicated Jar Jar. So, so, so the Gungans hated Jar Jar, so that gives you an excuse to hate Jar Jar. Oh, well, that, yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Legitimizes it. Mm-hmm. So how many days till May 17th? Come on, you should know this. Yeah, that's... I, I'm, I'm not counting the days yet. I just know that... Uh, it's less than six months away, so I'm happy. Okay, and so you're happy that we're going to have Star Trek real soon. And mm-hmm. uh, do you see that story that one fan actually got to see the rough cut of it? Yeah, that's a great story. It's uh, a sad story. It's a sad it's- story, but uh, it was a real class act from JJ to to do this for this guy. Yeah, absolutely. So he, back back up if you didn't hear the story, but this guy is dying, I believe, of cancer. He, yeah. he was given weeks to live, and his wife and some other people <clears throat> campaigned to J.J. Abrams to have him watch it, and he consented to let him watch a rough cut of the movie. Not unfinished, but mm. but a rough cut of the movie, and uh, two days later he died. Yeah, it's... It's a real real sad story, just, but, but... At least, you know... But a kind of a heartwarming story at the same time. You know, his, his last few days on Earth, he got to enjoy something he really wanted to see. Absolutely, so, absolutely. Um, but yeah... Uh, yeah, JD, I saw The Hobbit also. Um, Did you see the trailer ahead of time? Oh heck yeah! <laughs> <laughs> and let's just say my, my my faith has been restored that this this Star Trek movie is going to be fantastic. And do you know who the villain is? I don't know. I, I know who's playing him, but I don't know who who it is. And so, and um, Comerbach's kind of complaining about that. Everyone wants to know who the villain is, and I don't care about the story. You know, the more I think about it, the more I'm thinking this is you know we don't. There's so much we don't know about the movie, and I think. That's probably a good thing. I, I think JJ is, is being very smart about how much he he's letting us know because um, the more we know now, maybe th- th- that'll ruin our enjoyment of it. Well, I was going to say maybe maybe if we don't know, we build this character be oh this is going to be so awesome, and then this is a big letdown. Do so, you think that's going to happen? Well, I hope not. Yeah, that's that's a tough one. I mean, when I saw the trailer, they showed a scene. Like I said, it was a nine minute trailer, so. 
the, the, what I wanted to see, you know, was the interaction with the characters. And this was obviously a B or C plot, this part of the story in the movie. So it, it didn't reveal what's really going on. But it was still great to see our heroes back together yeah. in action and uh, working together. To, awesome. Uh, Awesome. to uh, solve problems. We're going to talk about The Hobbit in a moment. Let's save that for last. Grim, you aren't watching. I'm not watching Grim. I watched the very first episode, the very first season, and I haven't watched it since, but I know that Grim fans are still loving Grim. Yeah, Grim, I've, I've seen trailers and it looks interesting. It, it, it's something I'm, I'll probably put on my list eventually. Right, right. Um, the other thing that he mentioned I thought was uh, kind of cool, he, he's kind of giving up on revolutions. He's not a big fan. The, he and a lot of other people, I think, are probably, it, it, it's lost a lot of viewers, yeah. But we're going to talk about it and play a trailer for it in the main show. So if you're interested in seeing what people are thinking that's going to happen in a second, I think it's going to ramp up. There might be some redemptiveness. The big question is, does it become a little bit too little too late for people? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I wonder. Um, yeah. But um, uh, Major Neville, the actor playing him, he's going to be at the uh, Farpoint convention this year. Oh, very good, yeah. very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, and so I and I'll be there, and we will be. We here. will be there. Um, so Hobbit, huge fan. He said unadulterated, two and a half hours of bliss. Mm-hmm. Um, Hobbit for you? Oh, uh, that was fantastic. It was. Yeah, when. when I was almost surprised when it ended because I was just expecting to keep going. I was just so engrossed in the story that um, that yeah, I it was fantastic. To see in theaters is definitely you know if you can see in theaters. Yeah, and I of course The Hobbit came out right over my father's death, so there was like I haven't seen it in theaters just because of everything that happened. So. Right, but uh, I've heard overall good reports. But would you believe it? Don Bender did not give it a good report. He said this is like I looked up and oh look they're still running through the grass and oh they're running again and he got sick of some of the nature stuff that kind of was focused on. Mm-hmm. Um, he says that one of the problems he has with New Zealand movies is that they're always running through the grass and they're looking at all the beautiful scenery. But, but that was his take. Maybe he was, being, mm-hmm. he was a bit cynical, I guess. But it, it didn't bother me. Um, and so, I mean, I heard some some people complain. There are some things that were not as true to the book. I'm, I'm not familiar with the books, so those scenes didn't bother me either. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily know what was not in the book unless uh, somebody told me. Yeah. Well, this is what some people said on our Facebook page about The Hobbit. Richard uh, Navarte, I think is the way, I'm totally mispronouncing your name, so excuse me. Um, I enjoyed it quite a bit, although I enjoyed what I called the extended scenes. I will also admit that there were some bits that went on a bit too long and could have been trimmed down without losing the thread. It would actually tighten the movie for a better viewing experience. I could have also done without the Radagast scenes. Oh, well, actually, he'd, he'd be one of the reasons I'm watching it. But uh, they were not in the original book. And that information could have been presented in a more succinct, interesting way. Still quite excited to see what will come next. Uh, and that is true. Radagast makes it in Lord of the Rings, but not in the Hobbit book. Okay. So so he's right about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, <clears throat> Claire McLaughlin said, is it relatively yours? No, we're not, not that I know of. <laughs> okay. Uh, loved it. They spell, he spells her name a little bit differently. Uh, loved it too, going for a second viewing soon. However, like Richard, a couple of things niggled me, such as a white orc chasing Thorin. That was completely unnecessary, and it was hard to keep from making comparisons between the film and the book. I found myself being critical of the film where it differed from the book, but at the end of the day, both were great in their own right. Overall, thoroughly enjoyable cinema experience. Can't wait for the next one. Um, so, uh, and, uh, Lee Kemp said, Hey, hold on. There's many of us haven't seen it yet. 
So <laughs> get right. Yeah. So including Mealy. So I'm with you on the boat. I still haven't seen it, so I don't know if I will. Probably the next movie I'll see will be Les Mis because I'm going out with my wife on Monday, uh, Saturday, I guess, and so that'll be a chance for us to watch that. But, mm-hmm. uh, but anyway, so that that was some of our people's thoughts on Hobbit. But in your opinion, thumbs up, well worth this, the the site. Oh, definitely. Yes. Yeah. All right, very good. Very my good. wife saw it with me. She 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 loved it too. Very good. Well, let's move on. We got a uh, Christmas wish from Colin. Do you want to read this? And oh, this, sure. again, or this came in before Christmas, but we're recording here after, so mm-hmm. just bear with us. Yeah, Colin, of course, is uh, the he is the host of, uh, of Trek News and Views podcast, and he also uh, puts our, our interviews on YouTube. So, hi, one and all at the diner. I just want to say thanks for everyone for another uh, wonderful year of entertainment and for the honor of uh, knowing you. Thankfully, the Mayans predicted Borg invasion never came to fruition, so I look forward to another year. And, and you and your show and all, all, all that 2013 brings. I hope you and your respective families have a great Christmas and a filling new year. Live long and podcast, Colin. We love you, Colin. Right back yeah. at you, pal. Yeah, right back at you. Hope for a prosperous new year for you and Trek News and Views. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, Jen called in. Jen from New York. And let me tell you, I don't know what she did, but you should hear her recording. It is phenomenal. We oh, got a phenomenal recording from Jen. Sometimes it cracks a bit, but mm-hmm. I, she must have like ditched her cell phone. So Sandy must have taken it out or something. But, so this is Jen from New York. Hi, guys. This is Jen from New York. Just wanted to call in and mention that uh, I was able to get to see The Hobbit over the weekend and in 3D. And uh, all in all, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, my first reaction to it was that I thought it brought back the magic of like the Lord of the Rings series again. And, uh, you know, it felt a little long and drawn out a little bit, but I'm sure that the ancients want to milk it for all it's worth. Because I did look up before that there are going to be, like, two other movies in the next two years, so I look forward to that. And, uh, you know, I thought all the new characters were good, and bad, especially since, like, he finally did The Hobbit from the first book. And, uh, you know, I thought the actor who played uh, Bilbo Baggins did a pretty good job. I thought he was fu- pretty funny. And all the other characters too, and uh, especially my favorite character of all time is, uh, as always, uh, Gollum. You know, it's like you gotta feel bad for the poor guy. I mean, <laughs> and he's pretty hysterical too with all his crazy, uh, you know, ways. And uh, so it's also good to see, like, you know, Elijah Wood as a Frodo again, and Kate uh, Blanchett as Galadriel, and Gandalf, and all the other ones too from like the past. So that was like also a good part about it too. And uh, also I wanted to mention too that like since I did see it in 3D, that my, my, you know, when I first put the 3D glasses on, that I, I actually saw like uh, the colors like were actually green and purple in the glasses. You know, and I said to myself, I'm like, I hope that's not gonna be like what the movie's gonna be like for me like through the whole movie. You know, cause this was like, you know, but at least like towards like the last preview, you know, the quality started to get better. So I was like, you know, glad about that because otherwise I would have just been like, you know, what's the point of doing 3D if the quality is going to be bad? You know, but I'm um, like saying to my friend, I'm like, did you see, you know, green and purple in the glasses? And she was like, no. So I'm like, maybe it was just me. I don't know. It's weird. And plus, you know, my eyes aren't that great either. But uh, maybe it was just that. But uh, I thought it was pretty cool in 3D. And uh, also, I was kind of disappointed that I didn't get to see the Star Trek preview in the in the movie theater because we had gotten there just a little bit, like when the preview started. But I have seen the, like the Star Trek uh, preview in the, on YouTube a couple of times. You know, I just couldn't help myself, you know. And I look forward to that when that comes out eventually too. And uh, you know, I have my theories about who the like the actor who plays uh, Sherlock and who's the bad guy in this in Star Trek series will be. But we'll have to wait and see about that one. 
And I also wanted to mention, too, that I did get to see Twilight, you know, the last, latest Twilight movie. And, uh, you know, I'm not a most die-hard Twilight, but I have read and half read and half listened to the book series because that was the only way I was going to get through them. But uh, only because that, uh, to me, like, Bella was one of the most annoying, whiniest, annoying characters in the whole thing. You know, it was only until this this one last, you know, book in the series that, uh, you know, only because she wanted to become a vampire, uh, spoilers, that, uh, <coughs> you know, she started to show some signs of, like, strength and, you know, within her. Because otherwise, I, I just, I couldn't take her after a while. I couldn't take it. But, uh, you know, but this one I said to people was, like, one of the better ones. And this one could have been a bit, little bit longer, you know. So, and also, I was Team Jacob, so... That's just me. But uh, otherwise, you know, I thought this one was, like I said, one of the better ones. And uh, I also wanted to mention, like, Fringe has been really good, too. And, uh, you know, I was glad with the last one, uh, the one before this one, that uh, Olivia was able to ca to talk, you know, Peter off, like, the, le the ledge there of becoming, like, an observer. Although I would have liked to have seen him become an observer a little bit, you know. It would have been, like, a little more exciting. But uh, I was glad that he was finally able to take that, you know, observer technology out of his neck there. And uh, and for this week's episode, it was a little too trippy for me, but it's always good to see, like, Walter do his thing, you know. So we'll see about those episodes. And uh, I also look forward to the new uh, Doctor Who special coming on Christmas Day. I'm always glad when they give us that much, because, I mean, otherwise there's nothing else on at the end of the holiday night. And uh, I also look forward to the new uh, companion, too, so that should be, like, awesome to see. And, uh, also I wanted to mention, like, also, like, The Walking Dead has been really good, too. You know, I look forward, I can't believe we have to wait until, like, February to see the new episodes, but, you know, I hope that, uh, I hope that the Daryl and Merle will be able to, like, get themselves out of that situation, and, you know, I hope Andrew, like, snaps out of, like, you know, and realizes that the governor's crazy, wacko, but, you know, what can we do? And, uh, also I look forward to, like, there are other shows that are starting in January, too, that at least, you know, and all the other shows will come back, too, like, in January also, like, my Supernatural, Merlin will start up again, at least I'll see, like, the last season of that, finally, you know, and, uh, I think there are some other ones, like Arrow, too, will be starting up in January, so at least we'll have those back then. So I hope you guys have a very happy Merry Christmas and, uh, Happy New Year, guys. Bye-bye. Jen from New York, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for calling in and giving really what ended up being a really detailed report, right, on what's going on in The Hobbit. Oh, yeah. She hit on some things that I can't wait to dialogue with you about. Um, why don't we start there since we just got done talking about The Hobbit. Hmm? Hobbit in 3D. Did you see Hobbit in 3D? We did because I really wanted to see the Star Trek trailer. Right, so. So, and that was in IMAX and it was in 3D. And yes. The only way you were going to see it. She did not see the trailer but watched it online. Mm -hmm. So, But uh, she said the 3D was a bit wonky for her. Was it wonky for you? No, I, I thought the quality – I mean, I don't think I needed to see The Hobbit in 3D, but – but as far as the picture quality, the picture quality for us was was good. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, she too made mention with some other people who echoed that it felt long and drawn out apart. Right, but it was Lord of the Rings goodness. You know, it's that's a tough one. It's a two and a half hour movie. Um, it's a lot of material to put in. Although I've been hearing people who who know know the book 
question, can they get three movies out of it? Yeah, well, they're, they're pulling up supplemental uh, Cimmerillion uh, material, stuff that's not in the books but in some of the expanded uh, notes of okay. Tolkien is where I think they're pulling in. Um, but she mentioned how good it was. It was kind of like a family reunion. You know, there's oh, yeah. Galadriel, there's there's Frodo, and, and all that stuff <coughs> made mm-hmm. it very good. Oh, yeah. Um, so, And although she did say she has a theory on the villain for Star mm-hmm. Trek and won't tell us. <laughs> yeah, how dare you, Jen? Yes, how dare you tease us that way? Yeah, tell us, let us know your theory, and that way we can totally uh, heckle you and you are terribly wrong when the movie comes out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> or either that or saying, Jen predicted it. Well, but, Jen's guess is as good as anybody else's. Yeah, because, right now we're all guessing. Uh, JJ is not talking. I just want you to know that Jen is not a twihard. She is not. <laughs> She's not a twihard. First time I heard that term. She's not a twihard, even though she has casually kind of obviously has liked the movies enough to go see them and finds Bella annoying, but felt that Bella kind of redeemed herself in the last movie. Mm-hmm. I, you know what? I've watched a very first Twilight movie and I really had no desire to go watch the rest. And there's no offense, Jen. They just aren't my thing. It's a, my wife has read all the books and then she was excited. They're coming out in the movies, but she saw the first movie and she didn't have a desire to see any right, more. Right. So is she team Jacob or team Edward? Yeah, that's a good question. I need to ask her. You need to ask your wife that because if so, maybe her, if she's like team Edward, we can have like a geek fight thing right here in the sci-fi diner and just have team Edward and team Jacob go at it. There you go. So, um, but uh, Fringe, thought she's been thinking it's been really great. I loved Olivia pulling uh, Peter off the ledge, but she did say something that made me think, did you have any desire to see Peter go all badass as an observer. Oh, no doubt. I absolutely want to see, I want to see him. I want to see his hair fall out. I want to see the, everything happen. I thought it would have been really cool. But and they pulled him back from the edge. I think if they would have had more time, you know, they could, to explore that, they would have. But being that this is their uh, final season. Yeah, what do we have? Uh, three episodes, and yeah. really there's really only two. It's one and then a two-hour finale, right? And so. That would have been really cool to see him go. We have two weeks of Fringe. The next time we're recording a show, Fringe will be gone. Oh, that, that breaks my heart. It does. There'll be no more Fringe, but we will continue him to take his place. That is true. We'll have that. Uh, but did you see the one? I love uh, Walter's uh, trip. Uh, his acid trip and the black umbrella. <laughs> yeah, the black umbrella. Well, the whole Monty Python animation oh, stuff. Oh, absolutely. It was that Monty was, Python. That was brilliant. I just... Uh, that song sometimes... Runs in my head when I think of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Weren't we weren't we being razzed or talking about fringe all the time? I'm just saying. So here we are talking about that's fine. Uh-huh. But you know uh, the one thing, Jen, I do have to say, you have been in our in the past our reporter in Supernatural. Mm-hmm. We have to get an update on what is going on in the world of Supernatural from you. That and Merlin, because Miles and I just don't watch those shows, and they're really valid sci-fi shows. They just are not ones that hit our radar. They're not. Mm-hmm. They aren't preferences enough for us to say we're going to go watch these shows. So. But, so thank you for doing that. I know that other listeners are watching these shows. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, Lee wrote this, and um, this is his response. Guys, another great show. This is from the lost mind of Lee, as, you, as you've heard him called in this podcast. Guys, another great show. I do have a few thoughts I would like to add about the show. First, on The Walking Dead, all the cast could die. But Daryl, if he goes, so do I. It simply won't be The Walking Dead without him. This is a pause there. We had talked about what characters could you kill off and still watch a show. Right. And so that's where this comes from. 
Also, I do agree that with the one listener who said they can live without Charlie and Revolution. I agree they try to make her out as someone who is wise and smart. So if they need a type of person, they should have used an older woman and not her. She does not pull it off that well as far as the show goes. That is my biggest beef with it. Now you're watching Revolution. What do you think, Lee? Uh, what do you think about Lee's comment there? Unfortunately, I would agree with him. I don't think she, she does not have. She doesn't have the chops to carry the show. Yeah, not that uh, she's a terrible actor, but just for that role, she doesn't fit. Yeah, that role. She's too young and inexperienced. I don't know. Just she. she I don't. Maybe a different actress would have been able to carry it better. I yeah. guess. She said, he goes on to say, yes, there are a few other things that nag me, but the biggest one, but uh, but that's the biggest. Uh, I wish you guys talked a little bit more about Arrow. Like I've said before, it's the best surprise show of the year for me, and I'm enjoying it very much. Uh, let's talk about that. I think we talk about Arrow. I love Arrow. Oh, we yeah, whenever we can. I, 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 I agree with you, Lee, that, that Arrow is the best surprise show of the year. It's Absolutely. Fantastic. It, you know, Fringe will be off the air. But I will still have Arrow that I'm looking forward to each week when it comes down into into my iTunes. Yeah, and we have some great guest stars. Look forward to seeing on. It oh, soon. absolutely! We have mm-hmm. some great cameos, kind of making their appearance, right? right. Um, so, I, yeah, I can't wait for Arrow to come back. Yeah. And he mentions in this, Person of Interest is another one that you guys have not said much about because I know it's more of a cop show, but I do know there's a lot of geeks watch the show, even though this year we're seeing more <coughs> of a past life than ever before. Uh, and then let me read on and we'll get back to person of interest. Mm-hmm. And then I'm Merlin. I watched the show from the beginning and it's sad that I'm losing another show this year along with Fringe. I hope the next season there will be something to take their place. Uh, again, we talked about Merlin, how you and I just haven't watched it. Person right. of interest. Lee, the reason I wa- don't watch is, is that I t- it is not available on iTunes. And because I don't have live TV, I only recently just watched season one. And let me tell you, Lee, I absolutely love this show. It is an incredible show. Um, and, uh, and, you know, and I, and I did it in about a week. I finished a season. So I, there must have been some time. It was over the Christmas break, and I, was, I would watch like three or four episodes a night. Mm-hmm. And I just absolutely love the show. It was good. It's good. It's a good show. And I'm very sad that I have to wait for second season to be complete before I get it in DVD, probably next fall. But. Uh, good show. Have you ever watched Person of Interest? Uh, no, I have not. You have not, so. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he goes on to say, and I got to say this, fringe, 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 fringe. There. I know now someone can complain about us talking about <laughs> fringe. And I have to say that I'm still just a little bit behind your podcast, but I hope to catch up after all the madness of sides. Arrow still amazes me. This is actually two emails combined. Uh, it's a top show with no letting up to be the best show of the year. With all the shows I'm currently watching, with some that I put in hold of later, some I've forgotten about, I'll let you guys know that I'm rewatching Andromeda, a nice birthday gift from the family, and it's all five seasons. I'd forgotten about how much fun this show is. And I know that some people hated it or loved it, and there seemed to be no gray area with this show, but it's been fun. After Christmas, I plan to see the Hobbit. I hope that you guys have a safe holidays with family, friends, peace, and long life from the lost mind of Lee. Yeah. So, uh, any thoughts there about what he's what he said beyond what we already said? Um, no, not really. Congratulations on getting uh, Andromeda. Um, you, you're an Andromeda fan. I, I watched the first season. I kind of lost some interest, but maybe it's a show I could go back to watching again. I know it was a popular show when it was on. It's just as. Um, uh, uh, Her- Hercules himself, uh, Captain Dylan Hunt, uh, Kevin Sorbo told us uh, the reason why the show didn't last is because um, they were getting embezzled. So, Lee, if you haven't had a chance to listen to our interview with um, 
uh, with 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 uh, him. You might, you might want to check that out. Dang embezzlement. Yeah, <laughs> greed will do it to you every time. Well, let's move into another voicemail we have. This comes courtesy of Rick from Wisconsin, who's been a listener that's called into the show before. Oh yeah, and so. He's calling in and just sharing some of his thoughts. So thanks, uh, thank uh, Rick, for calling in, and uh, let's hear what he has to say. Hi, this is Rick from Wisconsin calling for the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. I uh, have intended to call for a few weeks now. So I'm all caught up and uh, on my watching and on my listening and wanted to leave some comments, but I keep forgetting to call. Anyway, uh Expendables 3 cost the top. I talked about that when I was walking out of the theater from Expendables 2, and I, I said, really, they need to get Steven Seagal in that one because he's the only guy I can think of that was a big star that hasn't been in any of the others yet. And uh, the, uh, the lines from Bruce Willis and Arnold were exceptional. That was the highlight of the film. I was busting a gut laughing with all of that stuff. And I can't wait to see another one. It doesn't matter how cheesy the script might be or how old and recycled the plot may be. Uh, it's just those guys trading those lines and, and all the explosions and bullets flying that makes it worth seeing. But this is the sci-fi show, so I guess I should talk. I don't think I've called uh, since the last uh, few movies that I saw. And uh, I'm trying to remember now. I know there was a... Uh, one that came out, but on Black Friday, I picked up uh, Blu-rays of Alien, Aliens, and Prometheus uh, for a total under twenty dollars. So that was a pretty good deal on, on Black Friday. And I'm looking forward to The Hobbit coming out. Haven't seen it yet. It's uh, this coming weekend. But uh, all of the shows that I'm watching on TV have been good. And uh, I want to say that pretty soon I'll get caught up on Grimm. We watched uh, the beginning of the season and thought it was better than last season, but there's a uh, conflict. It's the only only night and hour of the week that we actually watch three different programs. And since my cable company makes all the episodes available on the on demand, now that uh, Fringe is nearing its end and uh, there won't be a conflict on that night and time I'm sure we'll get caught up pretty soon on that one. Um, I call you back later when I remember some of the other things I wanted to talk about. Thanks. All right, Rick, thank you so much for calling in. And it has been a while since he's called in. So no guilt. We love when you do call in and you get that moment to call in. Nice to hear from you, pal. Yeah. Uh, Grim, better than last season. You know, I... I mean, all this stuff about Grimm, maybe I should watch it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, maybe now that Fringe is off the air, although we do have some new shows calling, you know, stepping into its place, I don't know if I will watch Grimm right away, but maybe eventually if they stream that on Netflix, I will watch Grimm. Mm -hmm. uh, better than the last season. You know, and he says, I will now be up with Grimm because Fringe is going off the air. What a terrible thing to say, but totally understandable. Well, yeah, yeah. If, if, if you don't yeah. have fringe to you know for you, got to have something else to fill the void. Right, and so it, it does fill the void. Mm -hmm. And what do you think? Alien, Aliens, and Prometheus are under twenty bucks Blu-ray. That's a great deal. <clears throat> yeah, he got that at uh, at um, what Black Friday. So yeah, that deal. is a good deal. That is a uh, deal. Now Prometheus is available for viewing on Amazon Prime, which I plan on watching sometime. Oh, very good. Mm -hmm. uh, I did watch it at Beautiful. But, you know, the storyline kind of I was ambivalent about. Okay. Cared, cared more about aliens. 
Mm-hmm. Maybe I was sick and wasn't feeling it and too hopped up in drugs for my sickness. <laughs> so that might also be a possibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Expendables 3, you know, he got to talking about it. He said Steven Seagal is the guy that is the only one that has been missed, and uh, he oh, definitely needs to be in there. I can mention one more person. I saw somebody on Facebook talk about Expendables 3. I haven't seen Expendables 2 yet. I plan to. I think it's available now for viewing and rental. But uh, It is, because I just watched it. Somebody suggested uh, Mr. T be in Oh, yes. Mr. T would be a good one, too. Although he wasn't really a big film. Was he a film action star? I mean, he did uh, some... Not really. I mean, uh, Rocky, 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 Rocky 3 was his biggest. I mean, See, he even has a connection to, to Stallone. That's right? the thing. Is he has a connection to Stallone, and he was in the A-team. So yeah. um, I, I, I would... Yeah, I, I, I definitely think uh, Mr. T should have a... Some role in, in Expendables 3. Well, he mentioned that you don't really go to see these things sort of script, and he's probably true, although you go there for the nostalgia. And that's just the yeah, reality of it. Right. And Willis and Arnold did have some of the best lies ever, ever. I'm definitely going to have to watch this. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, Kalis wrote in, and Kalis is actually speaking on one of his nifty new mics, so we're going to go hear what he has to say. Um, and uh, so here's just some comments that he has to share with you, the, li- the Sci-Fi Diner audience and us. Gentlemen, I just thought I would record what has been going on in my sci-fi world over the past few weeks. I have been pretty busy with the holiday season and got some pretty good geek gifts. I received several sci-fi movies that I'm trying to find time to watch, but with school back in session, there isn't a great deal of time. I'll get to them eventually and report in as I do. I am currently watching the 1994-95 series Earth 2. I watched it when it was originally on and was very disappointed when it was canceled. But as I rewatch it, I can certainly see why it got canceled. I'm about halfway through it and am enjoying it again. For me, the best part of Earth 2 was Clancy Brown's character, John Danziger, Sullivan Walker as Yale, and... It didn't hurt to see Tim Curry in the first few episodes. It is too bad that the series didn't work out. It certainly didn't lack for star appeal. But the writing was a little weak, I think. I have also been watching Fringe and am loving it. I just finished watching the second season episode, Earthling, that focuses on Agent Broyles. It was nice to get a little backstory on him. My only regret about watching Fringe now is that I didn't watch it while you guys were talking about it at the same time it first aired. But it is cool because I can remember some of the things that you talked about as the series progressed. When I finish with Earth 2, I am planning to watch The Prisoners starring Patrick McGowan. This series was only 17 episodes and aired way back in the late 1960s. I don't think I have ever watched the entire series. But now that I have it on Blu-ray, I'll see if I can finally make any sense out of it. Mostly, though, I have been reading quite a bit. I was followed on Twitter by Ralph Ewig, an interesting person that works for SpaceX. He blogs and is also an author. I finished reading his first novel, Elethera, a story about a pilot on a luxury starship cruiser and a girl that is traumatized when she is younger. It is a very well-written story, and I would recommend it to anyone that enjoys space-going sci-fi. I also finished reading Peter David's Star Trek New Frontier book, Missing in Action. 
It is a 16th book in a series of 18. It's just a great ongoing series that must be read from the beginning. I am sure that everyone is also aware by now of the stroke that Peter David has suffered. His wife, Kathleen, suggested that we can all help out by buying his books. Imagine how much it would help if everyone that listened to the diner bought all 18 books in just the New Frontier series. Now I am setting aside the Star Trek novels and have moved on to reading Edward of Planet Earth, as suggested by the diner. I am up to chapter 5 and am liking the humor, even though the picture of the future presented in the story is a little disturbing, but in a very funny way. Now we're all cut up on my sci-fi life. Well, there it is. I remain Kalis. Kapla. Kalis, as always, thank you for calling into the diner. It's always a pleasure to hear from Kalis. And loving the microphone, crystal clear. Sound quality is excellent. Yeah, well, you know, his voice is always such a rich, booming voice. You got to love that voice. Uh, I'm sure, no matter Mike he's using, it's still going to sound good because his voice will take care of that. So let's break down what he talked about. Earth 2. Mm-hmm. I remember watching at least some of the episodes of Earth 2 when it was on. I, I did too. I watched I watched a little bit of it, but it sort of lost my interest. Um, yeah, it didn't hold me enough. So uh, it was on the same time uh, Sequest was on. I was kind of into Sequest at the time, and I think that was on. You can stream that on Netflix, by the way. Yeah, you can. Um, I haven't done so. But Earth Earth 2 was either on before it or after it, and I thought, I mean, I'll check this out. But some of it was good. Some of it just kind of lost. The story just went places I just couldn't follow it anymore. Right, right, right. Uh, he's loving Fringe. Mm-hmm. So, good. Uh, Very yeah, good. Welcome to the uh, Fringe board, and you have a five, uh, you have four and a half epi- uh, seasons to watch. So mm-hmm. you're in season two. That's great. Um, the Prisoner never watched. Did you watch any of the 1960s of Prisoners? Uh, no, I have not. Uh, I've heard about it. That's about it. And Alethra, <coughs> Alethra, I think it was, mm-hmm. that, uh, that he mentioned by the guy from SpaceX. I haven't read it, but I'm glad to hear it's props because I'm looking for some good space sci-fi if I can ever get myself out of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and Star Trek New Frontier, I did not know Peter David had a stroke. Yes, I heard that. I guess it was last week. Maybe, maybe it was two weeks ago that that... that they announced that on Facebook. Um, so, wow. but he's he's recovering. Uh, I mean, he he may he may suffer some permanent effects of the stroke, but he is expected to recover. And yeah, well, it's it's just sad that you know Peter David. I mean, he what a if something when something happens to him when he's gone, we we will have lost a great contributor to the sci-fi world. Oh my gosh, yeah. When it comes to you know. Um, the literature and sci-fi. He he he's been a powerhouse for for many years. Now, has he written all all sixteen books, or is he like one of the authors that kind of contributes to the sixteen book, or this eighteen book series? That's a good question. I I have read already. I've already read those books. I don't know if he authored all of them, um, okay, but he was a part of the authorship of them. Oh, oh, definitely. I and mean, he authored many of them. I don't know if he, those eighteen books he's referring to. So I'm gonna have to. Uh, Check him out. Maybe I'll have to listen to him. I'm doing most of my stuff when I'm running. Okay. Nice thing. Uh, a lot of... He takes... There's some new characters on a different starship, but it's a lot of... The, they pull some of the secondary characters from other episodes of um, Next Generation on there. So it's, uh, it's it's really cool that way. Yeah. And then the book by Egler, uh, uh, by Nicholas Eftimiatis, uh, Edward of Planet Earth, he's enjoying. So it'll be interesting to hear your final review for that, Jim, when you finish the book. Mm-hmm. So as, uh, we have yet to get our copy. But, okay, but he said he's going to send it, but we just haven't got it mm-hmm. yet. So, so who knows? Who knows? 
Well, let's move into our next voicemail. Our next voicemail is from Renee, and this is regarding the con re-release. Now, she has a big write-up here, but we're actually actually sending an audio, and so we're going to play the audio and then make reference to anything else we need to. So this is Renee talking about the uh, con re-release. By the way, Trek News and Views released that, right? Yes, they they, they released our... uh, Boy, did they promote the heck out of it. So we've got a lot of people that are talking about it. So uh, the folks at Trek FM, uh, thank you very much for doing that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. We love you guys. Mm -hmm. Um, We want to be part of your network someday. (laughs) Hi, Colin, Scott, and Miles. Thanks for releasing the show The Wrath of Khan. This is tied for first contact from my favorite of all Star Trek films. Though it has suffered slightly in my recent rewatches due to inconsistencies and such. For instance, Terrell and Chekhov find wreckage off the Botany Bay on the planet. However, in Space Seed, Khan abandoned the Botany Bay in space after he had revived his followers and captured the Enterprise, while still a good distance from SETI Alpha 5. So how did it get to the planet? Also, I don't think it's possible for bugs or any such things to get to the brain through your ear unless they burrow through the skull. Then, as you mentioned, we all know that Chekhov and Khan never actually met on screen. I love that you mentioned Greg Cox's novels that try to fill in some of the gaps in this story. His three books on Khan are well worth the read. The Eugenics Wars, Volumes 1 and 2, chronicle the rise and fall of Khan, Nuni, and Singh, and Terrain in Hell details the struggle to survive on SETI Alpha 5 and ties into the wrath of Khan. The time-traveling agents Gary Seven and Isis also play a role. I'd highly recommend these books. You mentioned that, according to the original script, Savik was half Romulan and thus had more of a struggle to master her emotions. That got me thinking about this accepted bit of Trek lore. Romulans and Vulcans stem from the same violent ancestors and presumably have very similar brain structures. There is no logic gene in Vulcan physiology that makes it easier for them to master their emotions. Rather, it is something they are trained in from earliest childhood. Why then should it make any difference if someone raised on Vulcan is half Romulan, as long as they receive the same training as full Vulcan children? For human-Vulcan hybrids, the situation is different because human and Vulcan physiology differ more markedly. It's also noteworthy that Romulans manage to avoid self-annihilation, even without devotion to logic. Perhaps they channeled their aggressions into the expansion of the Empire, though. The death of Spock and the funeral scene always bring a tear to my eye. I love Scotty playing Amazing Grace on the bagpipes, too. And going back to what you said at the beginning of the show, I also grew up with science fiction literature. My childhood favorites were Andre Norton, Anne McCaffrey, Isaac Asimov, Ray Bradbury, and many others. Well, I guess that's enough of this rambling voicemail. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Cheers, Renee. Renee, thank you so much for giving us a detailed kind of, I guess, uh, retro look at Wrath and Khan, right? Yeah, that, that, was, that was a great voicemail, Renee. I appreciate um, it. Anything that she said that you want to comment on here? Yeah, she, well, yeah, she is right about... Now, some of the inconsistencies in Rathacon Space Seed, um, as far as well, the, the, the Botany Bay ship. I, I think, if I remember correctly, in the movie, they find those. They make reference that those um, containers are like cargo containers from the Enterprise that they had left with um, Khan and, and 
uh, his people. So I don't think the actual ship was there, but I, I think when when, Con- when Chekhov was looking at through the books and he sees, oh wait, I take it back. Well, in, in those cargo straps we do see, I think maybe there there is as they say Botany Bay on them. I have to go back and look at that. So. Renee, you gave me something I'm going to have to do some research on. So um, kudos to you. You got me thinking. Well, what about her thoughts on the whole Romulan Vulcan physiology? I think, well, there's a couple things. Um, there was a Next Gen episode where they had a wounded Romulan who had a blood type that the Vulcans couldn't, um, on the ship, couldn't uh, donate for. But Worf had a, a, a compatible blood type. Um, so the, the Romulans and Vulcans have been away for um, 2,000 years or so. Um, so maybe the, there's been some divergence as far as how the Romulans evolved. But this is not mentioned. What I, what I could have mentioned also was that there, there's some good non-canon novels talk about Savick's background, that she was not – she was raised on a Romulan colony world where she was a product of – Romulan and Vulcan parents, um, not the best of circumstances. And so her first few years, she was, you know, her, her and other Romulan Vulcan hybrids were, you know, kind of lived out on their own and Spock and some Vulcans rescued them. But this is, this is, this is a novel. It's not, it's not canon. Right. Not canon, but so, still interesting reading. So it, it, it's a good filler. Maybe why Savick is maybe less in control of her emotions in this, yeah. in this. Uh, so, but yeah, you made some good observations with, okay. I'm just glad she likes Andre Norton, who's who's the, the author that got me into really into sci-fi. Yeah, you, you, both of you have similar tastes yeah, in the sci-fi that. literature. So, so very, very good. Thank you, Renee, so much <laughs> for uh, giving us your thoughts and uh, and calling in and giving your thoughts in con and uh, um, and and Colin. I hope you're listening and heard that it was kind of addressed to you as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, one more voicemail before we wrap it up tonight. Uh, I do want to talk a little bit about Doctor Who and the Snowman, but before we do that, let's go to skate that Scott from Cape Cod who called in and shared some of his thoughts. Hey, Scott and Miles, this is Scott from Cape Cod. How you doing? I'm, I'm uh, catching up on the podcast, and I just listened to the one where you asked if anybody would like to share some, some thoughts on The Hobbit. Well, my wife and I went to that opening weekend, and uh, I, I thought it was great. Um, the, the way I can tell that it, I thought it was great was when it ended, I looked at my watch. I thought we were about an hour in, and of course it was two and three quarters hours in. And uh, when I went out, I I mentioned to the uh, my friend who manages the theater um, that I, it seemed like it was about an hour long. So uh, it was great. I will say that uh, of course the Lord of the Rings story is is more uh, complex and a better, a better story. But they did a great job on The Hobbit, I think. And uh, it was a lot of fun, and uh, it was nonstop action, and they were uh, running from all the trolls and goblins and orcs and everything. <laughs> it was great. So anyway, um, I'm catching up uh, on the podcast after the holidays, and uh, if anything else occurs to me, I'll give you a call. Hey, hey, Miles, good night and good luck. You too, Scott. I <laughs> always love his ending there. Scott, thank you so much from for calling in. And, you know, he mentioned something when we talked about The Hobbit earlier that we did not talk about. And that was the fact that two things. First of all, it felt like the movie was only an hour long, even though it was two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. So it flew by. Did it fly by for you when you watched it? I think for the most part it did. I mean, I did sense it. Maybe it. I didn't get quite as into it first half hour or so, but then... 
the last hour or more, I was definitely invested in it. That I was like, by the time they ended the movie, I was like, that's it. We're gonna end it right there. Yeah. And I was like, I want this. I just want to keep, you know, keep going. I, I, I was so engrossed in what was going on that I wanted more. Right, right. Well, that's a, that's a, that's a good sign. Mm-hmm. Now he did say that the story is not as good as Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. How do you answer that? I, I don't know how to answer that because I mean, I'm gonna wait and watch all the movies before I make you know have an informed opinion. So about look that. at look at it as a whole rather than just a single movie mm-hmm. because it really is the first part of a trilogy. Yeah, so I'm gonna hold off before I before you make any judgment on that. Right. But uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, likewise, if you read the books, The Hobbit is a simpler story than Lord of the Rings. Right, it's it's only one book as compared. It's to one it. book and. And the tone changes. When you start reading The Hobbit, it seems very much for kids. And by the time you get to the end, it's in, kind of grown into the adult novel. But mm-hmm. it has a different feel. And so it's not as refined, I feel, as Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. uh, is. But still a good story nonetheless. I do have to say, um, this is what Jen had said, and I'm sure Cape Cod Scott would agree. Uh, Gollum was probably absolutely, he was absolutely hilarious in this movie. Well, good. And so they, some good, great Gollum moments. Absolutely. Well, Thank you so much for calling in. Two thoughts before we wrap up the show here. You didn't watch Doctor Who, but Doctor Who and the Snowman, the Christmas episode, came out on Christmas, and I watched it and loved it. And the best part about it is this ties into The Hobbit, because mm-hmm. guess who voiced the snowman? Um, good question. The Gandalf. Really? Gandalf was a voice of the snowman, Ian McKellen. They got Ian I, McKellen to voice I, the snowman. I, at least, I probably should confirm that before I go around promoting that too much in the podcast, even though I just did. Uh, but um, sound like him? It Well, I, you know what? The problem is I didn't notice. And I was telling my kids, <coughs> you know, at school, I guess, two days ago, I said, hey, you know, I saw this movie and I loved it. And she goes, well, you know, you know who voiced that? That was Ian McKellen. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> um, but... Uh, it was a really good show, and Doc, uh, you get introduced to the new companion uh, for Doctor Who, and and it was it was good. I enjoyed it, and I was a little bit wet, weirded out because my son came down halfway through the show in the morning. I was watching it, and I thought he'd be freaked out because these snowmen have like jagged teeth and are pretty evil looking. Mm-hmm. But he was like, "Oh, let's watch the rest of it." So, <laughs> so he kind of uh, he kind of uh, he liked it. <laughs> yeah, he did. So. So it was it was it was very good from that from that from that end of things, yeah. And oh, by the way, I just looked up on Wikipedia, which is always accurate. Of but, course, but Ian McKellen, Ian McKellen did do the voice of the snowman. That's of, quite a clue. Are, are the the great intelligence as they're called? Mm-hmm. So I just did not pick that up as, at, at all. So Gandalf, Gandalf, and Doctor Who. That's quite a clue to get him to do that. Oh man, you better believe it and. Uh, this has helped that it's a British show. Um, one other thought. I am in season five of Deep Space Nine. Very cool. Yep. And so we now have um, the shapeshifter, the, uh, wh- who's the um, guard the uh, of, of Deep Space Nine? The uh, constable. Oh, Odo. Yeah. Yeah. So Odo is now a human. Yep. He lost his ability uh, to shapeshift. And, yeah. uh, and uh, some real good episodes coming out of that. Are you enjoying Worf uh, being in Deep Space Nine? I, I am enjoying Worf. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was expecting Lita to be a little bit more involved. She's only in a few episodes so far. She'll be in more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I have that to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the episode where um, 
it was a very touching episode where Quark kind of lost everything because he was dying, and then he got his bar taken away from him, and then everyone came in and helped rebuild his bar as right. a station. And it showed, kind of showed his importance, even though he kind of viewed himself as being kind of a one-offness. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny because in some ways, the Odo-Quark relationship is always so interesting because they, Odo just comes off as hating him, but loves him at the same time. There is a, yeah, begrudging... There's yeah. a begrudging affection, you know, yeah. for him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have got to wrap up the show. We are on. This is the longest listener feedback show I think we ever had. We're oh. on an hour. Oh, my. So uh, thank well, you guys so a lot much. Of catching up to do. Yeah, yeah, a lot of catching up to do. It's been four weeks. Yeah. Um, and we're grateful. We have new shows coming out. Let us know what you think of Continuum for those of you in the U.S. Those of you in Canada can also let us know, but you guys are ahead of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh those of you watching the U.S., let us know what you think. Let us know what you think when Arrow comes back. Let us know what you think of the Fringe finale It's coming up. Oh, my, yeah. Um, some good stuff there. And if you're going to see The Hobbit and you haven't seen it yet, let us know what you thought of The Hobbit. And uh, I don't know if I'll see it till DVD, unfortunately. Mm. Depends on how things go here. Right. Um, but thank you so much for listening. Thank you, everyone, that has contributed to this show. Thank you for MC Era. I think I'm saying her name right, who has contributed the voice work to the beginning of this podcast that you heard. She does a phenomenal job. Phenomenal job. She said she's going to re-record it, but it hasn't happened yet. And actually, I have to get her on a recording sometime. I just haven't. Yeah, we got to have her on a show. Um, uh, To introduce some... some stuff from Infect Scranton that was recorded almost a half year ago, and I just haven't had time because we were going to do it when my father died, and it just hasn't happened, okay. obviously, for good reason. Um, so thank you all. I believe that's about it. Before we sign out of here, the end music for tonight's episode is courtesy of Raul. Oh, cool. Uh, you send in music that his wife recorded. Awesome. So we're going to play that here at the end of the show. The music's called Deserted City, so thank you, Raul. He said... I got to get you better music than that Life Day song that you played at the end of the one episode. (laughs) So he was not a fan of the song I pulled of Carrie Fisher singing about Life Day. No comment? Thanks, Raul. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Just just, just wait, Raul, to the end of the main show episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all Miles' fault. That's all I'm saying. So we'll get there. Leonard Nimoy singing The Hobbit. So... (laughs) (laughs) Um, anyways thank you so much for joining us uh, Miles it's been great chatting with you likewise and listeners it's been great dialoguing about what you've been sharing please call into the show 1-888-508-4343 or you can just email an mp3 or a typed email and we'll read it in the show and you can do that to the sci-fi diner podcast at gmail.com everything else you want to know about us you can find out on the sci-fi diner podcast.com site visit us on Facebook we have a thriving active community there We love you guys. Thank you much for joining us here in the new year of the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. Till next time, good night and good luck. And we will see ya. Thank you.
Um, this is Miles and 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 Daddy and and me, Kiefer. We are going to podcast for five minutes, then go downstairs and have dessert. And I'm always going to go. And so, goodbye, my, got Miles. What do you think of Star Trek right now? What I think of Star Trek right now? Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to the new movie coming out in May. Mm-hmm. Dad. Yeah. Well, you know what. I'm looking forward to some good Star Trek too. Uh, I am right now in season five of DS9. We haven't watched DS9. Okay, and um, tell me about we, Star Wars. How's Star Wars going? You're playing Star Wars at recess today. Tell me about that. Um, we were playing swords, and I was, and I was Dark Maul, and we should probably. I should probably get going here. Every five minutes, the two boys are going to talk. Bye-bye.